Risking the Loss of Meritocracy. Activism in Medicine. And Brett Stevens' belief on why wokeness will ultimately fail. Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit fairforall.org news. Gender ideology has become a flashpoint in education, civic institutions, and workplaces. Why? Join FAIR on Thursday, December 16th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Pacific for our free webinar titled Gender Ideology, Problems and Pro-Human Solution. We will explore the topics of sex and gender and learn how we can move forward in a pro-human approach to supporting and accepting every individual regardless of their sex and gender identity. Our aim is to raise awareness of historical and current issues surrounding gender ideology, including medical, ethical, and legal considerations, examine current issues in the context of K-12 education, and provide practical guidance on how to address these issues. The panel will consist of journalist and FAIR advisor Abigail Schreier, FAIR advisor Xander Keeg, LCSW, Dr. Miriam Grossman, MD, Dr. Carrie Mendoza, MD, and attorney Candace Jackson. The discussion will be moderated by biologist and FAIR editor Colin Wright. In addition, on December 13th, 14th, and 15th from 7 to 7.45 p.m. Eastern, FAIR advisor Xander Keeg will be hosting a series of free wellness webinars for FAIR members. The webinar's focus is on stress management, navigating uncertainty, and the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Links for registration for these webinars can be found on our website. FAIR Austin is having its monthly in-person meetup this Sunday, December 12th, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Drothouse Pub and Brewery at 4112 Medical Parkway in Austin, Texas. FAIR Canada has recently launched, and Canadians have wasted no time in setting up chapters all across Canada. On Wednesday, December 15th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, join FAIR Ontario as they kick off their new chapter. At the meeting, you'll be able to meet the FAIR Ontario executive team, connect with other FAIR Ontario members, and help chart the course for FAIR Ontario in 2022. To sign up for the event, please send us an email to ontario at fairforall.org. School districts throughout the U.S. are introducing curriculum changes and adding graduation requirements such as ethnic studies. Using California as a case study, the Alliance of Constructive Ethnic Studies and the Jewish Institute for Liberal Values will help you learn what is under consideration, its implications for Jewish students and the Jewish community, and what you can do. At the event scheduled for Tuesday, December 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern, there will be a special introduction by human rights icon Natan Sharansky and commentary by one of America's top Jewish leaders, Rabbi David Wolpe. Last October, a series of incident reports relating to the Jamesville Dewitt School District in New York were recently submitted to fairtransparency.org. The reports alleged that the district held a policy-shaping forum that excluded parents on the basis of skin color and required students to declare their pronouns in a questionnaire. FAIR sent a letter to the district informing them that their actions violated the students' and parents' constitutional and civil rights. This week, Jamesville Dewitt Center School District Superintendent Peter Smith addressed these incident reports, saying, 
that people's feelings are always valid and that understanding why they feel a certain way and ensuring that we all have a true understanding of the facts is critical to developing a relationship built on trust between the district and many of its stakeholders. We don't want anyone to feel excluded or ignored. Superintendent Smith urged anyone with questions, concerns, or a wish for action to be taken with regard to classroom occurrences or district-wide initiatives, but who is uncomfortable reaching out directly, to use the anonymous tip line form on the school's website. Smith has not addressed Fair's letter to the school, but we hope and look forward to playing a constructive role in supporting the parents and the school to the issues raised in the incident report. This week, Fair's Southern Minnesota chapter leader, Elizabeth Hank, wrote a letter to the editor that was sent to the Star Tribune and other newspapers in Southern Minnesota, objecting to a new Minnesota statute that would provide financial incentives for schools to implement racial affinity groups. Hank wrote, I understand the desire for the school district to address issues of isolation and collegial support, but assuming that placing teachers together who share the same group identity will address that issue is a race-reductionist view of teachers, who deserve to be valued for their character. For Quillette, Sally Zatel, visiting professor of psychiatry at Columbia University's Vigelos College of Physicians and Surgeons, expressed her deep concerns with a new 54-page document from the American Medical Association called Advancing Health Equity, a Guide to Language, Narrative, and Concepts. According to Zatel, the guide reads more like a postmodern manifesto than an actionable blueprint for physicians and contains page after page of medical newspeak. For instance, the guide attempts to explain all health disparities between groups in terms of power relations, to be solved by a redistribution of power and resources. Satel believes this kind of activism has no place in medicine. She states, Physicians cannot and should not dismantle racism and intersecting systems of oppression as part of their clinical mission. To imply that such activity falls within our scope of expertise is to abuse our authority. Doctors can reasonably lobby for policies directly promoting health, such as better coverage for patient care or more services. But we will lose our focus and dilute our efforts to care for patients if we seek to address the perceived root causes of health disparities. For Persuasion, Adrian Wooldridge explained his belief that the idea of meritocracy is so fundamental to modern societies that we take it for granted and risk losing it. He says, The meritocratic idea is necessarily fragile. Humans are biologically programmed to favor their kith and kin over strangers. We are right to think that the modern world, with its vibrant economy and favor-free public sector, would be impossible without the meritocratic idea. But we are wrong to think that meritocracy will be with us forever if we proceed to douse its roots in poison. Wooldridge believes that the rise of meritocracy was a rejection of the pre-modern norm that favored lineage rather than achievement, and willing subordination rather than ambition. The rejection of this norm, according to Wooldridge, was at the heart of the four great revolutions that created the modern world. The Industrial Revolution, the French Revolution, the American Revolution, and Great Britain's Liberal Revolution. Wooldridge thinks the current war on merit is a threat to the modern world and will rob the West of its economic diamondism, while simultaneously encouraging interest groups to compete for resources on the basis of collective rights and group resentments. 
For The New York Times, columnist Brett Stevens outlined why he believes wokeness will ultimately fail. According to Stevens, there are two kinds of protests, those based on the idea that the American system is ultimately geared to fulfill its inner promises of equal and unalienable rights, the pursuit of happiness, and forming a more perfect union, and those that have turned against the system, either because they don't think the system can meet its promises or because they never agreed with the promises in the first place. Stevens explains that the former type of movements generally succeed because they build the country up and bring Americans more closely together on foundations already in place, while the latter type always fail because they want to tear things down, divide Americans, and they reject and want to replace our national foundations. Stevens believes wokeness will fail because it resembles the second type of movement. He states, In the long run, Americans have always gotten behind protest movements that make the country more open, more decent, less divided. What today is called woke does none of those things. It has no future in the home of the free. For Jewish Journal, David Bernstein wrote about a worrying trend he has observed within the Jewish community, the rejection of intellectual debate on topics relating to social justice. He personally encountered this tendency after writing an article claiming that so-called critical race theory, or CRT, taught in some Jewish day schools, was akin to religious dogma. For merely expressing this view, Bernstein says he was labeled as a racist. Bernstein believes that CRT, which he claims prioritizes collective culpability over individual responsibility, over individual responsibility, is dangerous because it increases racial tensions and fuels anti-Semitism. Furthermore, questioning and challenging conventional thought and refusing to conform is central to Jewish teaching and history. He states, The Jew has always questioned the unquestionable and challenged the conventional. What the anti-Semite hates most about us, the refusal to conform, has been our most vital function in society. And there is no more powerful expression of this sense of purpose than our argumentativeness, always forcing the discussion, never letting things rest. Bernstein believes that healthy society needs more than one kind of person, but worries that many progressive Jews are now demanding acquiescence to a new status quo in the name of progress. For persuasion, psychologist Jonathan Haidt and FIRE president Greg Lukianoff outlined eight steps business leaders can take to prevent ideological pressure and political conformity in the workplace. Following the publication of their book, The Coddling of the American Mind, Haidt and Lukianoff claim they are frequently contacted by corporations asking for advice on how to deal with internal issues regarding their recent Gen Z hires. They told us that their youngest employees show increased levels of anxiety, depression, and fragility, a tendency to turn ordinary conflicts between coworkers into major issues, requiring the attention of the Human Resources Department, and greater insistence that the organization must share and express their personal, political values related to social justice. To help assist companies that wish to avoid such issues, Haidt and Lukianoff outline eight steps companies can take to avoid or mitigate these workplace issues. For Newsweek, Reynard Knight Laurie wrote a powerful essay on what he believes is the best way to eliminate racism. While some currently hold that the best way to address America's dark past is to have white people identify with the worst actors in Western history, Knight Laurie believes this is counterproductive. He states, 
you don't accomplish that by reifying the same racial segregation that convinced the children of those photographs that they had nothing in common with black bodies. You don't do that by inducting today's children into groups of oppressors and oppressed. You certainly don't do that by segregating white victims of police brutality from black ones. You do it by eliminating the barrier to empathy between races. In other words, by eliminating the perceived reality of race. According to Knight Laurie, most Americans are in agreement with the evils of race-based discrimination. However, one belief that still persists, which is ironically perpetrated by those claiming to fight racism, is the pseudoscientific idea that we are categorically distinct from others in our species. He states that, An aspiration to see race as irrelevant is not the same as seeing racism as irrelevant. Quite the contrary. Discrimination makes even less sense when you see your reflection in the other's eyes. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories, or visit fairforall.org news. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org donate.